Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Ange Lifts podcast. On this segment, it won't be as long as the first one, but I am going to talk about fitness regimen, um, just a general overview of what the recommendations are, um, depending on your age, what your goals are, and just going to guide you how to come up with your own fitness plan, depending on your goals. Um, There's a bunch of important steps for how to get there. And that kind of goes off of last episode where I talked about how I came up with my own and how I've kept it updated, etc. So we'll talk about that and then I'll put in a little bit of nutrition information as well. So, you know, if you work out, you know, you got to eat to work out. That's a big part of it. And I'm not talking about dieting. I You just have to change types of foods you eat or increase it, actually. That's a big misconception. But that's what we're going to talk about today, so let's get into it. Alright, so starting off, the most important part of developing a personal fitness program is setting goals for yourself. Um, And it also might be helpful to get a professional to set these goals for you, whether it's a personal trainer, uh, someone who has experience in the gym or does the same type of activities, or you can challenge yourself with a friend on the same goals. Um, but you want to make sure that the goals are specific. It's really important that you don't just make general goals. I mean, you can have those, for example, like I want to get stronger. I want to bulk up. I want to lean out. I want to lose weight. That's the biggest one, but, um, you want to make it more specific than that. And they need to be realistic as well. So you might want to do your research, um, especially let's say your goal is to lose weight. It's it's very unattainable to be able to lose, like, let's say 30, 40 pounds in a couple months. To make it a healthy weight loss and make sure you don't bounce back, I think it's about half a pound a week is what they recommend. And you slowly have to put yourself in a calorie deficit, increase your activity, switch to more proteins, um, and then also the percentages of foods that you eat, you want to lower your fat percentage, make sure you're getting those healthy healthy fats, not your saturated bad fats. Um, but back to the goal setting, you want to make them general, specific, long-term, and short-term. So an example of a short-term um, goal that you can specifically track, let's say you like to run, you're not a runner, but you like to run for fun, it's a great cardio activity. And a short goal might be, I want to run a mile in under 10 minutes. And this is a great goal because it's something you can track. You can use a smartwatch, a fitness app, or you can even just run around the track, put a timer on, stopwatch, you name it. But depending on where you are, if you just casually run a mile, you need to take some stops, that's okay. Or let's say you just fast walk a mile. Regardless, that uh, goal of running a mile in under 10 minutes, that's something you can easily track. So that would be a great example um, of a short-term specific goal that you can set. And then an example of a long-term goal that's more general is I just want to become a better runner. You could even challenge yourself and say, you know what, I want to be able to run a mile in under nine minutes. And this is very difficult to do, especially if you're not a consistent runner. Um, I mean, it's easier the smaller you are to be able to run faster. So it all it all depends. Like that comes back to the goals being realistic. So you want to make sure that it's realistic. It's 
it's personable to you. You're not just trying to copy a goal that you saw online or someone else's. It's something that you truly want to do. It means a lot to you. And a way that you can set these goals is doing a physical fitness assessment test. And coming back to our example of the running goal, a fitness test could be running at a very comfortable pace, not trying to go as fast as possible, but something that's reasonable to you. And you time that and you base it off of that. So if you're running a mile in 12, 13 minutes, maybe try 1130. Um, if you think you can do more, you weren't pushing yourself hard, try 11 minutes. It's all up to you. And then an example of a different route, let's say you have a weightlifting goal. So for me, my long-term goals is to gain more lean muscle. I want to be able to lift more, but I don't want to get too bulky. Um, if my goals were to become super strong, lift as much as possible, then I would be on a completely different track. I would be consuming probably double the amount of calories, um, taking a bunch of supplements, just trying to bulk up as much as possible. But I'd say year long, I try to stay in a recomp. I might do like a mini bulk or a mini cut, but nothing too crazy. So for me, my long-term my long-term goals are to gain that lean muscle mass and that kind of takes away some of your fat and with more lean muscle mass, your um, metabolic rate will increase. So that would be my long-term goal. And then short-term goals, these are very specific to my exercises. So it would be hitting a PR. And for me, I feel like that takes a bit longer just because I'm not bulking up. If I were to bulk up, put on 5, 10 pounds, then I'll be able to hit my short-term goals. But I know that even though they are short-term, that term to me would be like three, four months to be able to raise my, let's say, deadlift PR, like five pounds. And that might not sound like a lot, but for me, I'm like slowly building up that strength technique. Don't want to hurt myself. So that those are my goals. Um, I mean, I also want to stay healthy. That's a big one for me. So I make sure I implement cardio, keeping my heart strong, weightlifting for my bones, and just overall, um, I like feeling strong and just the lean muscle mass that comes with it. So to piggyback off of this, the way you can do a fitness test for weightlifting to find your one rep max, if that's the way you like to track it, um, for muscular strength at least, um, you would start off with a weight you know you can do for five reps. If you're not sure of that, you can start with one you can do for 10 reps, something not too heavy, but you're starting to feel fatigue. And it's also important to note that there's a big difference between fatigue and pain. And you get kind of used to it, but you never want to push yourself to the point of pain. You want to feel that muscle fatigue that you can't, you can no longer do the movement with the weight, but it's not a pain. You're not injuring yourself. So that's an important thing you want to uh, be aware of. And you get used to that with time. But back to the fitness test. So you have this weight you can do for five reps. So let's say this is a deadlift. And this is just a chart I took off online. If someone can do a deadlift, deadlift uh, one plate, 135 pounds, for five reps, um, they would do that weight, rest three minutes, uh, they would up it um, to 165, they do about four reps of that. Depending on how easy or hard it is, again, you want to make sure there's no pain with it, you'd go up about 10, five or 10 pounds, depending on the difficulty. 
If it's pretty easy, I'd say add 20 more pounds on. But if you're struggling, add just a small amount of weight. So you keep going up until you get to the point where you're only able to do one rep. And again, you want to be very careful when doing this. You should always have a spotter present. And if you are unable to do it, drop the weight. That's why you have your bars there to help catch it because you can do more harm if you try to push yourself and then you completely fatigue and you know you'll hurt yourself it drops on you. So that's an example of a fitness test for uh, weightlifting. So number two, the next step of developing a fitness program would be to select the activities. And this is very specific to you. Um, you can definitely look online for different examples of fitness activities and try to follow that. But don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, you live and you learn, you try out things. Uh, you might like it, you might not, but you don't want to stick with things that you don't like. So try, try all different types of activities. And I mean, YouTube is a great resource for finding these videos. And another important thing to know is that you want to select activities that are related to your fitness goal. So let's say your goal is aimed at flexibility. You want to get more flexible. You want to be able to do a split in six to eight months. Then you would want your activities or exercises to be related to your health component. So you'd be doing stretches specific uh, to your hamstring muscles to loosen them up to allow you to be able to do a split. And if your goal is losing weight or being more heart healthy, then you want to make sure you're doing activities that are cardio. You want to do some low intensity, moderate intensity, and high intensity cardio to fit that into your program. And then for whatever your fitness goal is, you just want to make sure that your activities you're able to commit to them. So that goes back to the thing, make sure you enjoy it. So you wanna pick things that are fun and interesting. You can always do classes, a lot of gyms, even gyms like LA Fitness and stuff, they have classes that are pretty cheap that you can go to and try out. You can do YouTube videos, go with friends, just try it out, see what's fun, what you like, but you get a good workout out of it. And you also wanna take your current skill and fitness level into account. So just really think like, what do I think I can do? Because if you push yourself way too hard in the beginning, that's not going to be attainable and you'll probably fall through pretty quickly. So if you do go to a fitness class, try a beginner one. There's no shame in that. Everyone's a beginner at some point. So you'll work your way up to the higher level classes. No problem. Um, another thing is time and convenience. So if you do have the resources that allow you to be able to go to different classes or get a personal trainer or such, do that. But if you don't, if you're trying to save money or you don't really think it's necessary, up to you. Um, I mean, the only, the only money I'll spend is for a commercial gym, but then you can turn to YouTube or even peers that have experience um, in the fitness field. And the last component for picking your activities um, is just incorporating special health needs. So, if you are recommended by a doctor that you should be incorporating some weights um, just due to concerns for osteoporosis or aging and whatnot or your calcium deficient, then I would incorporate ones with weights. But if you are not trying to build your strength, you'd rather do endurance, then do endurance exercises. Um, I mean, it's really great that we have all these resources online where you can find exercise, exercises pertaining to your goal. 
Um, so an example of a personal fitness program, and you can even make an agreement that, you know, holds yourself accountable. Um, so you write down your goals, uh, specific, short-term, general, long-term goals, uh, what days you're available, what times, and then what activities you like to do. And depending on the intensity, this is where you might need to do some research or get someone um, external to help you. They'll be able to say, like, if you're doing a more rigorous activity, like swimming, um, that would be considered more high-intensity cardio if you are doing laps or swimming consistently around there. Um, if you're just treading or walking on the, the around the pool, that's still great, but that would be low to moderate intensity cardio. But with the high intensity, you don't need to do that as often. If you're trying to lose weight, then you would implement it for about 35 minutes, two or three times a week. But for that lower intensity cardio, um, you can do up to like 90 minutes, do that once or twice a week. And again, depends on your time. Um, you want to make sure you have all means necessary and that it is something that you can hold yourself to. Don't make it unrealistic with the time that you have available throughout the week and the resources. You can always increase your activity levels, but you don't want to overshoot it, especially if you're a beginner with that. Um, and also some example of different aerobic activities. This is your cardio I mentioned moderate intensity and vigorous or high intensity, and really the differentiation between these has to do with your um, heart rate or BPM. So your moderate intensity, this could be walking briskly. Let's say you walk a couple miles, you can do this with friends. Water aerobics, bikes, bicycling, but at a slower rate, less than 10 miles per hour. Uh, casually playing tennis, even dancing, uh, gardening, those are all moderate intensity activities. And again, you want to do those at least three times a week, more if you're trying to lose weight. And then some examples of vigorous intensity activities would be running, jogging, walking, like face, fast walking, um, swimming laps, uh, playing tennis at a higher intensity, cardio dance or group fitness. They have Zumba. That stuff's great. I've done it a couple times. Uh, bicycling 10 miles per hour or faster, jump roping, heavy gardening, you know, lifting heavy things, going back and forth, um, hiking uphill or with a heavy backpack. So then after you've selected the activities that you enjoy, uh, you want to then move on to step three of developing a personal fitness program, which is the FIT principle. If you've ever heard that before, that's F-I-T-T, -T, stands for frequency, intensity, time, and type. Um, so there is a specific frequency, either depending on your goals or just the overall recommendation um, that the government recommends for health. Um, and then the intensity, that's, again, we talked about the low, moderate intensity or high intensity. So that's how high you want to get your heart rate up. And then the time is the duration. So there's a different recommendation for each type of activity. And then the type is what activities you're doing. So it's great to even make a chart, write it down on your phone, what you're going to do for this with your activities. So where I'm going to go into each specific um, area of fitness. So first with the cardiorespiratory endurance. Um, this is kind of what we talked about, but 
the recommendation is three to five times per week and you want to make sure you're in your target heart rate zone um, and then in that target heart rate that's between 20 to 60 minutes depending on the intensity so it'll be on the shorter side for higher and then longer for the lower intensity for muscular strength or muscular endurance training um, you want to do one or more sets of 8 to 12 repetitions of a specific exercise and you want to do 8 to 10 exercises and this can vary from person to person because um, I do it more than the recommended two times a week they recommend I think it's like two to four but you want to skip a day in between instead I only do specific muscle groups so I'm able to go back to back five days in a row and then Saturdays I do cardio and Sunday's my rest day but I only do about I'd say like six or seven exercises but that's a heavy day anywhere be from four to six different exercises and each one I do three to four reps and around eight to ten sets so it also depends if you're doing endurance or strength training and then the last area is flexibility and this is recommended two to three days per week, especially when your muscles are warm and you want to hold each stretch for 10 to 30 seconds and then two to four repetitions of each exercise. And flexibility training, that should last about 10 to 20 minutes if you're doing um, an activity like yoga that would actually account for flexibility um, and at sometimes your cardio respiratory endurance and even muscular endurance if you're holding like plank positions and stuff like that so that is the third step of your fitness plan all right so the fourth part of the plan is to set up a system of mini goals and rewards and this is really important to keep you on track you want to remember that fitness is not a punishment it should be something you enjoy I mean it's great for your physical mental health it can help you with all aspects um, of well overall wellness so you want to make sure that you break your specific goals into several different steps you're not overdoing it set a target date for each step um, and give yourself rewards as well so I mean a, a big common one you'll hear in the world of weightlifting is cheat days so if they're really big on diets um, then we'll have like a weekend cheat day or something I don't really follow that but you know you just want to keep a balance um, I try to eat healthy as often as I can, but, you know, I still enjoy getting food with friends, getting fast food, like, ooh, Wawa, not, like, McDonald's or anything. But you want to you wanna balance um, your rewards and make sure it's not turning into a punishment or feels like a hassle. You want it to be a positive thing that you enjoy. And then the fifth step of the plan... Um, is to include lifestyle, physical activity, and strategies to reduce sedentary time in your program. And this is helpful, especially for people who work the typical 9-to-5s. I mean, a lot of people are there. Even students, if you're sitting around a lot, whenever you get the chance throughout the day, you want to come up with ways to be more active. Because, um, you know, once you finish with work or school or whatnot, the first thing you want to do is relax. But if you've been sitting all day try to implement your activities so you're switching it up so it's not a constant sedentary lifestyle because that can just result in 
more health issues down the road. And it might help to use a health journal to track your activities. I just use the Notes app personally, but there's many different resources. There's running apps that track it if you do running or walking, and then it just logs it for you so you can see all your progress. It's great. It's really fulfilling. Even though I don't run that much, I'm able to see how many miles I have this month, the year, um, all the goals. Um, I can see when I walked, all this. So it's great to log it down. But some other ways, um, I know <laughs> quarantine has uh, gotten us a bit creative and there's new things on the market like those little bike, bike things. You probably know what I'm talking about, but you can put it under your desk or the walking treadmills, like the, the working desk treadmills. That's, that's a little bit much for me. I don't think I could walk and do work, but <laughs> just try just try to switch it up when you can. If you do get breaks throughout your work day or throughout the school day, go on a walk or even just stretch. Stretch out. It's good to stretch out your back, too, if you're sitting. You can do this by hanging if there is um, a bar or something you can hang from. You can even put those, like, pull-up bars in your house. <laughs> it's great, honestly. Um, even if you can't hold up your body weight, you can put something underneath you to like take some of your weight, but it's a great way to decompress your spine. It's the same as like those inversion tables. Um, but yeah. And then the next step, number six, develop tools for monitoring your progress. Um, and this is the same thing for kind of holding yourself accountable or using those workout apps. Um, but again, you don't want to be too hard on yourself if you do skip, but you do want to encourage yourself to stay consistent. It's okay if you fall through a day, you're busy, you have stuff going on, that's okay. But you don't want to let that discourage you and completely give up on it. But by tracking your daily progress, or you set reminders on your phone or of your goals, um, it's a better way to make sure that you stay consistent. Remember why you're doing this. Um, and it's also awesome to set goals with certain community groups. I know there's many Facebook groups out there. They all encourage each other for different exercises. So doing it with other people can also help with that accountability. Um, and then number seven, which is the last one, is make a commitment. And the best way to do this, it honestly might sound silly. I mean, the first time I was learning about this, I, I thought it was a little goofy, but you can make an agreement <laughs> and this doesn't have to be a formal like letter to yourself but you can write down um, your fitness plan using all of the different components we talked about um, and then even sign it you can print it out hang it up <laughs> have it on your phone just as a way write it in a journal just say this is what I'm gonna do each week I want to be able to achieve this by the end of the year or whatever your goal is so Making an agreement is the best way to make sure it happens. I mean, the biggest excuse people have is, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll get to it sometime. But if you have an agreement, then there, there's something physically there that's holding you to it. Um, so just some tips. When putting your plan into action, you want to start slowly, increase intensity and duration gradually. You want to be patient, realistic, and eventually you'll see it, it, it grow. It's not as fast progress-wise, um, especially 
if you are like doing muscle work um it does take some time so you don't expect to see unrealistic goals ones that you know you're they're usually set by people online or social media but you have to remember the people posting that they're choosing what to post they don't look like that all the time and a lot of people do use things to enhance that so have your own personal goals don't compare yourself to other people you can use other people as a goal to try and help you and push you but make sure it's realistic you can't just look at a person because that you can easily become discouraged um, you can find an exercise buddy like we talked about who shares the same goals as you and your fitness level make sure to ask for support from others and vary your activities um, if you're starting to get bored of something then change it up it's okay you're not, you're not bound to anything. You're not going to get in trouble if you switch it up as long as you stay consistent under uh, the type of activity that you're doing. Um, and then putting your plan into action, you know, cycle the duration and intensity of workouts. If you have more time availability one day, then work out a bit longer. If you're not feeling so great, you're achy or whatnot, then do it less. It's okay. Cycling also... Um, helps with variability um, so you don't get bored of the activity and also adapt to changing environments and schedules uh, be able to manage your time well and expect the fluctuations and lapses you know if you have stuff going on it's okay and make sure to choose healthy lifestyle behaviors so this could be limiting alcohol consumption or um, trying to quit using other substances that could be hindering your fitness progress, you know, smoking and stuff, you, it's harder for your lungs. So it's just going to limit you more for what you can do um, with your cardiorespiratory fitness. Another important thing I want to note, I don't think there's going to be children listening to this, but it's important for all the parents out there um, who are listening and want to get their children involved. Um, I mean, a lot of parents put them into sports and such, but if if your child's not really into that, it's okay. The most important thing to make sure that children and adolescents have um, an appropriate relationship with fitness is to emphasize skill development rather than excellence in competitive sports, because that can lead to burnout, more injuries. Instead, there's a bunch of skills that they can learn, like fine motor and such, from activity rather than just trying to perfect a certain thing or be the best that they can with all this pressure. Um, some ways you can implement activity is during family outings, choose dynamic activities. You know, even throwing a frisbee or playing tag, little things like that. There's opportunities for children and adolescents to exercise every day. And make sure children are developmentally capable of participating in an activity. There's things that are appropriate and not appropriate for kids. Um, you don't want to overdo it and make them do the same thing as you. That's that's not realistic. That's not okay. That's gonna create an unhealthy relationship with fitness with them, and you don't you don't want that to happen. You also want to make sure that children are getting plenty of water when exercising in the heat. They're more prone because they do have um, a higher basal temperature than adults. Um, it's easier for them to pass out due to the heat. So make sure they're staying hydrated. And another important thing to note um, for a different life stage is pregnancy. The best person to talk about fitness with would be 
your primary care physician just because they would know of your current physical state or before pregnancy and then when you are pregnant because although weight-bearing exercises are not favored if you are someone that regularly lifts it would be better to just drop the weight a bit and still weight lift rather than completely stop the exercise that can actually do more harm put you at more risk with the baby so see your physician and they'll be able to help you with that again with the fluids you want to make sure you're having enough and um, even after birth you want to gradually resume your pre-pregnancy exercise based on how you feel and then another important life stage for exercise guidelines would be for older adults so you want to follow the guidelines for aerobic exercise um, that's the same as younger adults with that three to five times a week but you want to judge your intensity on something else called a 10 point scale rather than by heart rate because your heart rate is lower when you're older and especially if you have certain complications it can be risky getting your heart rate up so high so if you give the same um, workout regimen to let's say 25 year old and a 65 year old you don't want to that intensity principle of the fit principle you don't want to do it based off of heart rate. You can't just say, oh, you want to work at 65% of your heart rate. No, you can't do that. So for older adults or senior citizens, the 10-point scale, basically you ask someone, there's like different ways you can do this, but on a scale of 1 to 10, how much effort did you put in? How hard was it? With 10 being that was the hardest thing I've ever done. I can never do more. I was at the point of injuring myself. That was horrible. And then one would be I was basically sitting. That was super easy. So you want to base it off of that. So if you're doing exercises that are above a five, that would be more high intensity. And then the moderate would be, I'd say, like four to six. And then the low, anything four or under. And then also... Important to note, for older adults, they do want to be using strength training, but with the strength training, they would be doing muscular endurance. So that's your lighter weight, higher reps, and that's important uh, to prevent osteoporosis. Another important thing for older adults is to make sure that you're performing a bunch of flexibility exercises because this can help limit um, any muscular or ligament tendon injuries etc um, and they, they also protect your bones so you want to make sure that you're implementing flexibility exercises just because you'll become stiffer as you age it's just a natural thing and then the same thing drinking plenty of water avoid exercising in the heat or cold environments just because when you're older it can take your body longer to adapt to those uh, changes uh, you want to make sure you're carefully warming up. Don't just jump into the exercise. When you're younger, it might be easier to do that. But as you age, you're prone to injury more. So you want to make sure you're warming up slowly, carefully, and that you're also cooling down after your workout. So you want to continue very light exercise until the heart rate is below 100. And let's say um, you are compromised as an older adult. If you can't meet the recommendation of 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity exercise, do as much as you can and you'll always work your way up. 
So that concludes the principles of a fitness routine. I did want to talk a little bit about nutrition and how this relates, but I think I'll actually do the next episode strictly on nutrition just because I don't want to rush anything. I want to make sure I hit all the important points. So stay tuned for that. But a really important thing to know is your macronutrients. And I think in the other one I'll get, I'll do more on macro and get into your micronutrients. But your macros you've likely heard of, that's your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fat. And these are the largest food groups uh, that make up your diet. And the easiest way to track it is in grams. And you can actually use uh, different apps such as MyFitnessPal, but I wouldn't use that consistently because that can just result in food restriction or um, different eating disorders. So know, know yourself. If you shouldn't be tracking your food, don't track it. But it's a resource that is great if you're not really sure how much you're eating, like carbs, proteins, um, and fat. So you can do it for a week and then just look at the overall summary and you can adjust from there. Um, So the ratios that are recommended, again, it depends on your goals and your current um, wellness. So your carbohydrates, that's your biggest group. And because that's giving you the energy, but you want that to be between 45 to 65% of your food, your proteins, uh, they lie between 10 to 35%. And your fat should be between 20 to 35%. So if you're someone who focuses more on weightlifting, you would actually increase your protein, decrease your fat, and increase your carbohydrates, but protein is usually the main focus. Um, And then if you're someone who's focused more on cardiorespiratory fitness, you'd want to increase your carbohydrates, increase your proteins a bit, but the main focus would be your carbohydrates. And then you can compensate by lowering your fats. And the reason, again, is for that energy. Um, And fats are important. Again, it's the, the type of fats you're eating. But those macronutrients are the main things you want to track. You want to make sure that they're clean sources that you're getting from. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do a whole episode about that types of foods um, just to help you make sure because I feel like diet culture is very negative in the world. Um, there's not great things about it. Recommendations are not attainable, um, especially, you know, you've heard like the keto diet and stuff, but half the time, if it is successful for people, for many it's not. It's just a waste of time and money and you're miserable, but if it does work, you put the weight on pretty easily just because it's not attainable, and yeah, they they completely try to cut out carbohydrates, so you're going to feel like crap because that's your energy source, so it's important to understand where your food's coming from, the type of foods you're eating, how your body is able to use that food, and food is your fuel, so you don't want to completely restrict yourself. You can't just eat salads all day. Again, you're going to feel like crap. So I'll, I'll do a whole episode on that and I'll be excited to get into that just because I've learned a lot in my classes um, about nutrition and health. So that wraps up this episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, um, you can always reach out to me. I do have a fitness Instagram under the same name. So Check it out, and I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.